recovery, don't you know? I'm so sorry if yours is so-so. Just mind your own business. Mind your own business. Because if you mind your own business, then you won't be minding mine. Hey everyone, it's the Monty Man, and you are about to take part in the experience, the strength, and the hope of this episode of the Take 12 Recovery Radio Show. Mama say, Mama says you're brain dead, bang you're your head against the wall. Can't find peace of mind. Brain needs an overhaul. Bonehead, brain dead, we're all the same. You can't think straight when your heart is in pain. Turn around, hit the ground, time to lay a that's right. The views expressed on this broadcast of the Take 12 Recovery Radio Show are those of the co-host and guest and do not necessarily reflect those of our affiliates. The topics and opinions on today's show should not be considered as medical, psychological, or professional advice. Take 12 Radio is not affiliated with any particular 12-step fellowship. And now, here's your host, The Man, The Myth, The Legend, <laughs> The Monty Man. Nope, I wouldn't lie to you, baby. Good guys, bad boys, we're all the same. Saved by grace is the name of the game. Turn around, hit the ground, time to lay your burden down. Welcome to another fine episode of the Tank 12 Recovery Radio Show. Margie's here. Hello. And Denver's here. Howdy. And, oh. We're missing. there's There's no Marvin, there's no Dave. No Marvin Dave. Not even a cowboy hat. Mm-mm. Oh, my goodness. Well, listen, um, they are Dave. I don't know what's up with Dave, but uh, we just got a text that said he wasn't going to make it. And But Marv's in, uh, he's in a little bit of pain. So we talked uh, last week about falling off your horse and getting back up. But sometimes you get back up, you got to get back down, right? Because you're not feeling too well. Stay out of the yep. saddle for yeah. a little bit. And he's not feeling too well. So uh, please, prayers go out to Marv, our good friend Marv, uh, as he heals up. So uh, clavicle was messed up, three broken ribs, partial hip replacement, all due to following off (laughs) his horsey. That's pretty booger. Badger. Yeah, Yeah. badger. (laughs) Yeah, that that knucklehead badger. And then then you fell off, too, or not fall off, but got thrown thrown off. off. Yes, badger, I did. Badger, badger, badger. Broke my arm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not from badger. Yep, from badger. Oh, 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 <laughs> oh yeah. You didn't bad, know that? No. Oh, bad, yeah. Badger's getting a reputation. <laughs> B- yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, what's going on? Bad badger. <laughs> <Excuse me. laughs> um, so this week's, sh- this week's show is entitled uh, The Broad Highway, Staying in Your Own Lane. 
Should we mind our own business when it comes to other people's recovery? Maybe. Is it ever appropriate to merge into their lane and not mind your own business? When does their business become your business? Uh, so we're going to be talking about that. That's a big topic. It is a big topic. And uh, and and some references to the Broad Highway in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. Um, before we get into that, though, uh, I I want to uh, I, I need to make a retraction. So a few shows back on the weekly wine, everybody appreciates the weekly wine, right? Of course, of course we do. yeah, yeah, yes. sure you do. <laughs> um, I whined about. Um, here in in our town of Albany, Oregon, I wasn't referring to any place else, but here, um, that the um, the first responders, the police department and the fire department, were several times a day were rolling out their emergency vehicles and running their lights and sirens and everything and going up and down the streets in support of um, the whole COVID nineteen thing and you know supporting people, those who were are working and are on the front lines during this pandemic uh, and supporting them with their lights and sirens. And I, I made the comment, come on, guys, do your job. You know, quit wasting taxpayer money going out several times during, the, I could see one time during the day, you know, but several times during the day going up and down the streets doing this. And I was whining about that. Well, um, a really good friend and a really, really loyal listener to the show, uh, he called me on my baloney. And listen, if 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 you could call me on my stuff and it's legitimate, I will retract it. And he did, and he is right. So let me read you um, what he wrote to me. So out of, let me just say out of my ignorance, I did that weekly whine, uh, and I stand corrected. He said, hey, Monty. Uh, I have to comment on your wine during the show on the three legacies. Uh, that was the title of the show. First, I know I can speak for the vast majority of firefighters and police officers in saying that we too would not prefer to do these siren parades through the neighborhoods except for special occasions. Those decisions are made above our heads, usually by politicians trying to make a name for themselves, our well-meaning but misguided chiefs, who think this will increase moral uh, morale among the troops. We all prefer to just do our jobs without drawing a lot of unnecessary attention to ourselves. Sadly, over 50 firefighters, and, and so this was a few weeks ago, so I don't know if this number's gone up or not. Uh, over 50 firefighters and EMT paramedics have died so far, specifically due to COVID-19, and a similar number of police officers have died due to the virus as well. That's a very high number of first responder deaths, in a short period of time, police officers don't have the amounts of personal protective equipment that firefighters, EMS personnel have and can't utilize it as readily because of the nature of their jobs. And that is the reason behind the police doing less active engagements with citizens and handing more nonviolent and theft-based uh, crimes by phone or other means of technology due to the increased risk to the officers. Believe me, uh, do de decent police officers want anyone to be a crime victim anytime, especially during a pandemic? Uh, and so he's referring to there when I said they had pulled here in Albany, they had pulled a lot of the patrols back. And I was complaining, saying, well, who's watching out for us, right? 
Well, this makes sense. Um, also, police officers are responding to an increasing number of domestic violences, child abuse, and suicide threat calls due to the pandemic lockdowns, as well as working a lot of mandatory overtime and having vaccines canceled. Or, sorry, vaccines. Listen to me. <laughs> Vacations. <laughs> Vacations. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, that, boy. Uh, okay, you heard me correct that, right? <laughs> uh, firefighters and EMS workers are also dealing with increased calls due to COVID-19 illness and fears of the virus from the public, as well as canceled vacations and mandatory overtime to cover for members who are sick or quarantined. It's been really difficult on all of us, and running up and down the streets with our sirens on isn't really our top priority either, but we don't get to make those decisions. And on a recovery note, I'm always trying to encourage fellow first responders to seek recovery if they need it and encourage people to listen to your show. Those comments, including just do your job, would be highly offensive to my brothers and sisters who are trying to do just that in the midst of a pandemic where politicians like to use us as pawns, then throw us away when the budget takes a hit, which is definitely has in most cities and towns, um, and many will be facing threats of furloughs and layoffs in spite of their hard work and commitment to the public, which we've sworn to protect. Please be careful making comments like this as you can do uh, far more harm than good. Love you, brother. Um, so I retract what I said. He's right. And I was talking to uh, a very close uh, relative of mine who works um, with the county, <laughs> my wife. <laughs> and I said, so this this is right, right? It's the politicians and the leadership that's asking these guys to go out and do these parades. They don't want to do this. She goes, that's absolutely true. Hmm. Yep, yep. So um, my apologies. Please forgive me, uh, all the um, first responders and all you guys that worked so hard. Uh, I'm sorry you're being made to do this stuff. Um, yeah, you are doing your job and, uh, and a fine job you're doing. And especially now. With all the craziness, and I'm not even going to get into it, but all the craziness going on, firefighters, police officers, and uh, you know, emergency medical technicians, and all these guys, they they just have a challenge on their hands right now that is just goes way beyond the call of duty. And for those of you that are out there doing doing your jobs, doing this thing, uh, you are to be commended. And I retract my wine. There you go. Awesome. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Yeah, so sometimes I'm opinionated, and it gets me in trouble. Jeez. Really? Huh. <laughs> I had noticed. <laughs> and just, <laughs> um, so, yeah, very very good point, very good point. Um, on, on another note, uh, we got a letter from uh, Allison S. Uh, do you remember the show that we did on um, uh, medicated-assisted medicated treatment? medical assisted treatment that we did here a few weeks back about using medication to assist in treatment. The one that we did just last week on pain medication? No, 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 no. no. This was, oh, this... I think that was maybe before my time, possibly. Okay. Yeah, I think I might have been gone during that. Um, this letter says, thank you, thank you, thank you. So, so MAT, uh, medication assisted treatment, is very controversial within the recovery community. Some people say, you know, well, then that's not abstinence, and then you're not really working a program. Um, some people say, you know, it's absolutely necessary for some to have assistance in their recovery um, with medication. 
And then there's a whole bunch of people that are on the fence. Um, I made the statement on that show that I once was very opinionated about it, but now I'm not so sure. I, I, the jury's still out. I, I, I just don't know. Uh, and we had a healthy discussion about it. And uh, Allison says, thank you, thank you, thank you. My name is Allison. i most definitely an alcoholic and a drug addict. I'm so grateful for this respectful, open, yet opinionated episode. I'm an MAT client and have faced all kinds of judgment, opinions, downright disrespect, and even had fellow AA members go so far as to tell me I don't belong in AA. It's been my experience that most all of the uber disrespectful folks, uber disrespectful folks, okay, haven't come anywhere close to trying uh, trying on my shoes on, let alone walking around in them. And by that, I simply mean that fortunately, they've never stuck a needle full of heroin or fentanyl in their veins, and I hope they never will. I wish there were more open and respectful conversations on this topic. I choose to work a program based on love and tolerance, which my big book says is our code. I don't always encounter members living by that same code, but it's progress, not perfection, and I'm going to love them just as they are, although it may be hard to do sometimes. I just felt compelled to drop you all this email and say, keep up the beautiful work you do. I love the show and listen every chance I get. Allison. Nice. Very nice. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, If you'd like to comment on a show, uh, whether it's negative, positive, or something in between, uh, please feel free to do so. Our email is take12radio at comcast.net. If you're a member of Podomatic, you can comment there. And then all the... the, um, Social networking sites as well as the podcasting platforms, you can uh, comment on most of those uh, too. Um, so, so there you go. So, yeah. So that's a really good segue into our topic uh, because there are a lot of opinions within our recovery fellowships, and we have a lot of people from a lot of different backgrounds in our recovery fellowships. It is not as focused spiritually as it was back in the Founders' Day, where the spirituality of the program was pretty much um, a, you know, a Christ-centered program um, stemming from contributions from the Oxford Group, uh, as well as others, and uh, the conversion experience of Bill W., um, Dr. Bob Smith, uh, he was a born-again believer, uh, and so there was a lot of Christian overtones within the literature as well as in the fellowship. Things are different these days. Uh, does that make the fellowship or the program of Alcoholics Anonymous or any other 12-step fellowship watered down? I don't know. That's a matter of opinion. Um, but it is a broad highway. There's a lot of different backgrounds and a lot of different people that are in this wonderful fellowship of uh, of the 12 steps, regardless of what the title of, of your organization is. So we're going to be talking about staying in your own lane, minding your own business in the broad highway. Should we? Is it ever appropriate to speak up and maybe merge into somebody else's lane in recovery? We'll find out. So don't go away. We'll be back right after this. Because if you mind your own business, then you won't be minding mine. Hey everybody, it's the Monty Man, and as always, our shows are downloadable and accessible to you for fun and for free. But we've been doing this now for 16 years, and it isn't free for us to present them for you. 
So we humbly ask you to consider a donation of any size. No amount is too small. Just think about it, pray about it, consider it. We would appreciate it very much. If you do decide to donate, simply visit us at Take12Radio.com. Scroll down to the bottom of the page, and on the left-hand side, you'll see a Donate button. Click on the button and follow the instructions. It's that simple. Thank you in advance for your consideration, and regardless if you donate or not, keep listening. Hey, check it out. You can now access all of our shows from a variety of podcasting platforms, including Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, YouTube, Podomatic, and Player FM. Simply search for Take 12 Recovery Radio, and you'll be tuned into the best in recovery broadcast journalism. Also available at Take12Radio.com. Gotta turn my mic on. All right, welcome back to the show. You've tuned in to the Take 12 Recovery Radio Show, a production of KHLT Recovery Broadcasting, uh, coming to you from Albany, Oregon, via the internet. Uh, and as Cameron mentioned there, uh, we are on all uh, major podcasting platforms. Uh, please visit our website at take12radio.com. Uh, you can also visit uh, a whole lot of other archive shows, and including recovery workshops, by clicking on the recovery workshop link. And there you'll find things like Walking Through the Big Book, Step-by-Step Towards Emotional Sobriety, uh, Radio Rehab, The Road to Redemption uh, with Brian Duncan, as well as Understanding Intervention with our friend Tony Messberger. Just check out all those. They're very very helpful for uh, the recovery community and friends and family of. All right. So this week, uh, Minding Our Own Business. Um, Is that what we need to do? Uh, This is a broad highway. Uh, folks in recovery, we have people from different religious backgrounds, uh, different faiths. We have people with no faith at all. Um, we have people that prefer not to follow the 12 steps, but only follow one or two of them. Um, we have people that come in and don't want to work any of the steps. They just want to attend the meetings and drink bad coffee and whine about their day. Kind of like me. I like to whine about my day. Uh, so we got a whole lot of people in there, Right. Um, it is uh, it is very inclusive um, with respect to all folks, uh, reminding them that the only requirement for membership uh, in the case of AA is a des- desire to stop drinking. Uh, in Narcotics Anonymous, the only requirement for membership is a desire to stop using. And, uh, and in other 12-step fellowships, it may be worded a little differently. Um, but does that mean that does that mean that, that maybe we ought not take some suggestions for people that are concerned that might be interpreted as them merging into our life and they're not minding their own business? Maybe it's appropriate for people not to mind their own business if they think we're going down a road that is harmful. Um, let's talk about that. But first, I want to give some references to the Broad Highway. Um, in uh, the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, uh, in the chapter We Agnostics on page 46, it says, To us, the realm of the spirit is broad, roomy, all-inclusive, never exclusive, or forbidding to those who earnestly seek. Same chapter, page 55, says, 
if our testimony helps sweep away prejudice, and it's referring to the prejudice um, that many non-believers, those who do not believe in a power greater than themselves, might have against religion or faith, it says, if our testimony has uh, helped sweep away any prejudice, enables you to think honestly, encourages you to search diligently within yourself, then, if you wish, you can join us on the broad highway. And then in the big book on the chapter Into Action, page 75, we feel we are on the broad highway walking hand in hand with the spirit of the universe. It's interesting because all three of these references to the broad highway um, reference uh, some sort of, of higher power or spirit of the universe or deity of some kind. Right. One talks about the prejudice against those ideas. The other talks about uh, the realm of the spirit. Um, but we have people today uh, in Alcoholics Anonymous, as well as other 12-step fellowships, that don't believe in any of that. Um, are they welcome in the meetings? Let's open that piece up. Margie, what do you think? <clears throat> Excuse me. Well, um, yeah, that's a good topic, money and uh, gosh. Um, now I have been both the recipient and the giver of maybe unwanted advice. Mm -hmm. Um, but I know, um, I've, I uh, have a lot of friends in the program that have, you know, a lot more, um, sobriety time than I do. Right. And, um, I know when, sometimes when I'm sharing my struggles, uh, or talking about my program, then they might suggest, uh, something that I could do maybe to, to help me with the struggle. Mm-hmm. Um, they know that, or at least I think they know because I'm open about it, that I have a sponsor and um, they're not, you know, trying to step over the, you know, sponsor and and have me do things that my sponsor wouldn't. But I think they're just trying to be helpful and the fact that they have, you know, much more sobriety and they've been through a lot more just, uh this pursuit of staying sober. And, um, so I appreciate that usually. Yeah. <laughs> uh, every once in a while, there's some type of advice that, um, I'm just really not keen on. And <laughs> I, I don't know if that's because I really need it or because I, right, right. I just, you know, it, to me, it doesn't seem appropriate, but you know, I can just kind of let that slide. But, and then also myself, cause I, even though I have, a, you know, I have about a year and a half sobriety right now, but, over the course of the last 30 years, I've been in and out and with the uh, longest time of sobriety, five years, um, I have, you know, given suggestions to like brand new newcomers. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're, it's just pretty generic stuff that I give, you know, it's like, right. well, you know, you can read the big book and or uh, Alcoholics Anonymous and, or you could, um, you know, try, try to get a sponsor and go to meetings, just generic stuff. Um, I try not to get too uh, nitpicky or I really try not to get too involved in, you know, all the wreckage that goes on with uh, uh, when you're early in sobriety, you know, with relationships or financial problems or that type of thing. Sure. Um, But yeah, it's definitely something that goes on for sure. (laughs) So when, when you first came in, did you have a relationship with a power greater than yourself or no? I did. Um, it was brand new when I very, very, very first came in. Yeah. Um, but um, 
I developed a a greater you know relationship mm-hmm. with, with uh, God, my higher power. Um, as time went on, and I sat through more meetings and heard more people discuss discuss it, and because um, I actually didn't get a sponsor that first five years I was sober, it was after that time period. So okay, I really didn't uh, get a a uh, better relationship with my higher power until I actually yeah. got a sponsor and started working the steps. So, so the reason I ask that is because it seems to be three big areas, at least around here, the three big areas that people do merge into other people's lane. One of them is the God issue. So that's the first question. Do, do, are they welcome in and alcoholics? So would you say that if a person didn't have any concept of God whatsoever, that they're welcome in a, in a, in a meeting of Alcoholics Anonymous? Absolutely. Absolutely, right? Yeah, yeah we would concur with that. Um and, and and so there's there's that, and then, then there's um, uh, folks that are struggling financially, and they have all these life issues, right? And people try to merge into their lane to try to tell them how to fix their life issues. Yeah. Um, and then sometimes we're tempted to, to refer to those as, no, 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 don't do that. That's an outside issue. Yeah. But is it? You know, and then we have... The relationship issues, yes, right, and, and people say, "Oh, you're not supposed to get into a relationship your first year." Oh, that's a treatment thing. That's not anything, and you hear all this stuff. Well, that's common sense. No, it's not. It's none of your business. And it, it, you know, so in your experience, do you hear those three areas address people trying to tell people what to do? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, like they'll give advice on. Um, relationships like oh no you know you don't need to get in a relationship in early sobriety and right. not, not within the first year not within the five years never or, or uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know right, right. <laughs> um and um you know wreckage like uh uh i don't know there's all kinds of problems that people you know sure uh, outside issues but yeah i think that's that's a tough one because the outside issues become part of your recovery when they are so distracting yes. that, you know, you can't focus on yeah. your recovery because you're so overwhelmed with, you know, worry and right. problems from these right. things. Right. Uh, so we've established that no matter what your belief system or lack of belief system, you're welcome in, in uh, 99.9% of the 12-step fellowships out there. You're welcome in those meetings. The only the only required for membership is the desire to stop whatever it is that we're addressing there. Um, but people can attend and not claim membership, right? Sure. Yeah. So you don't even have to have the desire to stop drinking or using to attend an open meeting. Absolutely. An open meeting. Is yeah. What open. I, what I, yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. right. So, uh, Denver, what about you, man? I mean, if, if, <laughs> what about me? If, if you had, <laughs> if, if you had got first gotten into recovery and somebody put their bony finger in your face and says, you got to believe the way I do. Or it's not going to work. How would you have responded to that? I I, I walked away. Yeah. Oh, did I, it happen like that? Oh yeah. I was in a couple meetings in uh, Eugene, Oregon. Yeah. And, and they were pretty harsh. And uh, in my beginning walk of recovery, mm-hmm. I didn't need somebody harsh. You okay. Know, I needed somebody a little bit more gentle in my life. So, uh, staying in your own lane. We are a. a beautiful mess of a human race (laughs) so i don't i'm not so sure that because of so many personalities there's going to be people want to jump in some because 
they're just that way. Some because they care about you. Some because they're blowing their own ego up or whatever it is. But there are always going to be different personalities come into your life. Uh, I receive, or at least I listen. And uh, I don't always apply, but I listen to pretty much anybody that has something in a gentle manner has to offer me. Because there's a lot smarter people with a lot more time out there than me. And they might have a, a little nugget that I can right. pick up on and carry. I, yeah. may, I may not use it at that moment. But if I hear it in the right fashion, then I can carry that with me. And having worked in recovery, I've offered a few gentle ways. Right. I usually let people come to me first. They seem to, I don't know, think my personality is something they want to hang around with. Imagine so, that. When they, <laughs> yeah, I try. When, when, they, when they come to me, you know, I can only offer a, what little bit I know. Yeah. You know, what, what has worked, what has not worked for me. And it's a suggestion. Right. So. So, so let's talk about the, rate, the relation, relationship issue. Um, it pains me to watch people struggle in their recovery um, and the reason that they're struggling, it may not be obvious to them or it may be and they're just, you know, not paying attention to it because of denial uh, behaviors or whatever. But it pains me to watch people's recovery get get uh, shortchanged, if you will. Sabotage. Sabotaged, if you will, because they are in a dysfunctional relationship um, that by all intents and purposes, they can remove themselves from. But because of one reason or another, maybe it's codependency, maybe it's it's a financial dependency uh, of some kind, maybe it's fear, right? They stay in that relationship and they just keep relapsing, you know? And, and so you sit there and you listen to them week after week after week and everybody knows what's happening and they're not getting it. Isn't it hard to sit back and watch that and not say something to them? We've both seen this happen before in our recovery work that we've done. Yes. Is people will come into the program, get their self started, and then all of a sudden they'll blow out of the building. To right. Go back right. To, to the same relationship they were in. Yeah, the higher now, power in the skirt or the Levi's or, is well, calling them back. Well, they may, they or may they be, may not even be calling them back. They but they think they got to go back there. Yeah, that, it's either for love or f- for money or I got to take I, care of my family. Yeah, I had yeah. one feller leave the program because uh, his dog needed him. Mm. And I'm going, you know, that's great. See ya. <laughs> yeah, it it ain't gonna work out though. Right. So. So what, is it ever appropriate? I don't think it's ever appropriate within the meeting itself, although I've heard it done. Is it ever appropriate to pull a person aside and say something? Is it ever appropriate to merge into their lane out of concern and say, hey, I've been listening to this struggle you've been going on with for over a year now. Um can I make a suggestion? Is that acceptable? That approach is rather nice. You know? Right. Now, a lot of people ain't going to receive that. You know? They're sure. going to think you're on them. 
Even but, no matter how nice you yeah, say it. No matter what you say, right. they're they're not ready to hear it. So that's a touchy question. Yeah. When do you cross over into a lane? Some people would say, Well, you're not their sponsor, so mind your own business. Yeah. Well, I am a human being that cares about them. Mm-hmm. Right. So and if you're if you're building some kind of relationship, I mean, just to walk up to a stranger and uh, blitz them with a better, <laughs> a better idea <laughs> is probably you know, a good idea. But if you've yeah. already built some kind of... I attended Sweet Home for quite a number of years up there, and I always appreciate a few of those boys, you mm-hmm. know, just having a talk with me. Yeah. And then we, we built a relationship where it was a lot more comfortable to receive... Uh, uh, I don't want to say criticism, but uh, constructive. Constru- uh, constructive criticism? Yeah. yeah. It was a lot easier after I'd had coffee with these guys one-on-one down at the restaurant. Right. You know? So right. Maybe a little bit of relationship before you uh, decide you're going to cross into their lane. Yeah. I mean, if it's a dangerous situation, you got to respond immediately. Like, no, right. don't do that. Right. Right. Don't burn the building down right now. But, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, we've we've had a few of those. Yeah, that yeah tried that. <laughs> I, I always loved. Uh, I, I bumped into a guy through some meetings, and he used to always say, "I like to uh, build it up, walk in, and blow it up." You build it up, walk and in then and I'll, blow. I'll build it again, walk um, in, and blow it up. And that's so true. I mean, I've done the same thing. I have built my fortune, you know, mm-hmm. built my relationships. Mm-hmm. And then I'll sabotage it. Oh, me too. I'll just blow it up. Boom. And I'll start all over. And it, this has been a process for a long time for me. And I think it's probably a process for most of us. Sure it is. I seldom do I meet somebody that grabs this first time around without any issues. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got to, you, your higher power has got to be pumping blood through you at that time for that to be working that way. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think one of the most uh, effective tools, uh, if if you want to speak into somebody's life and you see them going down a path that is destructive, um, if they're willing to, one of the most effective tools is get to know the chapter in the big book called Working with Others. Mm-hmm. Right? It'll give you an outline format in there of how to speak in other people's lives. The approach... In fact, there's an area about making the approach, you know, leaving the big book with them. Um, maybe taking a copy of, of, of a chapter and handing it to them, you know, saying, hey, I just I just thought maybe you'd appreciate this and just, just giving it to them, you know. Sometimes you don't have to say anything. Just that's where the program is, is in that book, right? right? If it's Narcotics Anonymous, the program is in the basic text. Uh, if it's Celebrate Recovery, the program is in the 12-step books that, that they offer, um, Alcoholics uh, Victorious, and so on and so forth. You, you give them the literature, uh, and, and hopefully, and then pray for them. Pray that they'll be open-minded enough to, to receive what's in that literature. Um, I think that's a good idea. So, have you ever approached anybody, Margie, have you ever approached anybody and said, I'm really worried about you. I'm, I, you know, has that ever been in something that has been an opportunity for you to do, or have you ever felt like doing it? Uh, yes, I have actually. Um, I've done it. Uh, well, for instance, with a roommate of mine who I was really worried that they were definitely going down the wrong path. Yeah. 
And I just tried to approach it with, you know, love and concern and not any kind of uh, judgment because mm-hmm. I know I've gone down the wrong path many times in my, my past life. And, yeah. Um, just kind of let them know that you're there for them if they want to talk or um, if they need a ride to a meeting or mm-hmm. uh, anything like that. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I've been the recipient of that as well. Sure. And um, right. and we were talking about um, the big book. Right. And how, you know, sometimes that's one of the most helpful things we can do is just suggest the big book. And the, the way I got started in AA was... Um, I, I used to sit on my front porch, uh, big front porch, and drink all day and watch the world go by. And uh, <laughs> my neighbor across the street, unbeknownst to me, was a member of AA. And one day he came over and, and um, handed me this big book. And uh, he kind of explained a little bit about uh, the situation that he was a member of Alcoholics Anonymous and this was the big book. And he thought maybe I'd like it. He did not say you need to quit drinking or you're drinking too much or anything mm. like that. But he just yeah. left it with me. And so I started to pick it up. And at first when I was, uh, I was still drinking, but reading the stories in the back. Yeah. And, uh, you know, eventually not long after that, I actually quit drinking and actually started reading the first 164 pages. But, but, you know, at the time, I don't know if I appreciated it that much, but in retrospect, I mean that I so appreciate it. Cause I don't, I knew nothing about Alcoholics Anonymous prior to that, and he actually got me started in it. Right, right. Yeah. I th- I think uh, I've had the most success in um, suggesting to people that they read um, Bill's story and then read the stories in the back. Instead of just saying, here, read the first 164 page. Read, read Bill's story, read the stories in the back, and if you can identify with any of that, um, man, I'm here for you. You know, let's 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 chat. But that's primarily to the newcomer, right? Yeah. Yes. What, what what about the guy that's been coming back year after year after year after year, and it's the same problem over and over and over again? And they're not dealing with co-occurring mental health issues. Now we know folks. Um, I can picture them in my head right now that are dealing with some mental health issues, and they say word for word the same thing every meeting. And hopefully the members are patient and gracious enough to let them do that so they don't feel like um, they're being cornered and, you know, uh, pulled out of the the fellowship, right, or condemned for that. This is part of their mental health issues. But people that don't have those, that it's the same thing over and over again. Is it ever appropriate for maybe one or two brothers and sisters to go to them and say, can we make some suggestions? Or I, I don't think we should ever go and say, I need to talk to you. You need to knock it off. I, I think that's the wrong approach. Yeah. But can we go as ever as a group and talk to somebody? Denver, you first. What do that's, you think? That's pretty scriptural right there. Of course it is. Yeah. I, once again, it's all an approach. Now, you're talking to somebody that's been in and out, in and out, in and out. Mm-hmm. I'm questioning whether they're going to receive it well or not. Right. You know, they may seem they, attacked, right? Because you got yes, more than one person. They, they've heard it a numerous times, so that's a difficult one to uh, to address. You know, I haven't had that. Yeah. Before, 
And I mean, I've stumbled along, and then people keep coming back to me because I have some good people in my life. Right. You know, uh, I got a higher power that really, if I didn't have that, I, I wouldn't even fight anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, because mm-hmm. there are struggles every day. Mm-hmm. When you get into situations, pains, and everything else. So uh, I talk to God a lot about it, and uh, he, he's really my buddy through this. But addressing somebody that's been in and out numerous times could be a difficult proposition. That would have to be between the group that you're with saying, you know, do we really want to approach this guy? And how are we going to approach this guy? Yeah. It's going to have to be gentle. Yeah. Because a hard line ain't going to work with him at all. No, it's not. Hard line doesn't work with anybody, I don't think. I mean, there's probably a, a certain percentage where that if you scream at them, they'll get it. But most people are not going to uh, digest something harsh. Yeah, I don't. I don't read anywhere in any of the literature in any of the fellowships where it says screaming, talking down to, being condescending, yeah. making statements like you know, take the cotton out of your ears and shove it in yeah. your mouth. Yeah, um, sit down. You have nothing to say. I, I don't see that anywhere in within the program, which is the literature. I see it nowhere. What I see is compassion. Patience, love and tolerance, right? And that certainly isn't that. However, what I have heard um, from a few is that, well, well, gee, kid, you know the thing, the truth of the matter is, I needed that. I needed that hardcore, tough exterior thing, and I needed people to put me in my place. You know, and the people that I hear say that, and forgive me if you're one of them that doesn't fit what I'm about to say. The people that I've run into that say that and stick to it, they're pretty harsh and and rough around the edges themselves. And I really would not welcome their comments or their suggestions in my life. They're just too they're too hardcore for me to stomach. Is that what they needed? I don't know. Are they just blowing smoke? What do you think, uh, Margie? Are they blowing smoke? Uh, I think some people might be blowing smoke just to maybe get them off their case. Right. You know, it's like tell them what they want to hear. Um, but um, now I I actually am one of those people that have said, thanks, I needed that. And I, I meant it, even though it was hard to take. Okay. But I meant that I, I, did, I did need it and it did help me. But I don't like the harsh approach. I do not. Yeah. It doesn't work for me. It makes me shut down. And um, I don't think it's going to... If I was struggling with my, you know, my sobriety, right? Uh, I think it would just really tick me off even more and maybe worsen my struggle. Uh, so, yeah. like personally, I, I like to go with the more gentle, loving, I care about you approach. Mm-hmm. Um, I know, and maybe it doesn't always work. Do you have to be somebody's sponsor in order to approach them in a gentle, compassionate way and say, you know what, I, I'm, I'm afraid for you. You don't have to be their sponsor. No, that, you right? just no. have to be somebody that cares. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Somebody that cares. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I think that there's a big difference between being harsh and being firm. I think firm is okay. Yes. I do. Um, I was I was very emotionally dependent uh, on this one guy that I was sponsoring years ago. And uh, his behavior, I, whatever, for whatever reason, 
my ability to be okay in my own skin was very dependent on whether or not um, he was responding the way I wanted him to to me as a sponsor. That's an unhealthy relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was talking, my sponsor had relapsed and I had a temporary sponsor and this guy was tough. And I didn't like him much. I don't know why I asked him to be my temporary sponsor. Um, maybe it was because what he did say one night in a meeting over in, in Philomath, Oregon, he just looked at me and he says, when are you going to get and understand that you are powerless over other people's choices and you are powerless over his? He says, it's time to pull the diaper up and move on. <laughs> now, he wasn't being harsh, but he was being very firm. He didn't call me an idiot and say, what's wrong with you, you moron? You know, obviously you're not serious about your program. He didn't say anything like that. He just asked me a question. When are you going to get, you know, that you're powerless over other people's choices? It's time to pull your diaper up and move on. And you know what? That sunk in. That, and I've never forgotten that, you know, and it's something I teach today. We are powerless over other people's choices. We can encourage. We can discourage. uh, We can hinder. We can help. But their choices are their choices, right, Denver? Correct. Yeah. I, I remember, like, I was probably into my fifth meeting, and I went south that way. And I walked in, and the guy's in a armchair with his feet up on the desk, and mm-hmm. he looks at me, and he goes, well, you're uh, dressed too well, <laughs> you're too fat, and you don't have AIDS. You're probably not going to make it. Oh, wow. And I'm telling you, I left that meeting never ever wanted to go back to AA meetings right and my sponsor at that time he took me to a you know two or three more meetings and and then I realized that that was an exception that that wasn't common that Nazi was a was something else yeah so yeah it's approach it, it it is I I've even heard I've even heard uh people call people out in meetings and correct them, which I'm totally against that. Uh, um, I, I heard a lady who claimed to be a born-again Christian call out a newcomer because they said Jesus was their higher power, and she said, we don't use that verbiage here. <laughs> and And she claimed to be a believer herself. And I thought, wow, even if we don't, is that the right time to do that? Mm-hmm. Is that the right time P- to public- merge into somebody else's lane? P- publicly. Yeah. No, that's that's humiliating. That's that's yeah. crazy. That's that's crazy. Um so some people would say, well, if they don't like what I have to say and they go out and use, that's on them. I think that might be a cop out for not taking responsibility for your harsh attitude towards somebody. Right? Yeah. Is it their decision? Yeah. They're the ones who make that decision. But again, though, how are you contributing to somebody else's sobriety and their recovery? Um, are you are you pushing them out the door? You know, are are you kind? I, I, I don't think there's ever a call to be unkind. You can be firm and kind at the same time. Would you yes. agree with that? Absolutely. Yeah. You can be firm and kind and... Um, I think also a lot of people in the programs, uh, especially people that maybe have quite a bit of, of uh, 
time in, mm-hmm. you have to try to remember back in the day when you were new. Uh, not only are you you're you're new, you're learning the program. You, you know, there's a lot of things you don't understand, right? But you also um, your your brain is still you know not thinking straight because of the drugs or alcohol that you abused. Yeah, and so you know you got to give them be tolerant because they're not at the same place you are. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Well, listen, we're we are out of time. Any closing thoughts, Denver? Have a wonderful week. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) Margie, closing thoughts? Be kind to each other. Yeah, be kind. (laughs) I think think it is, I think it's perfectly okay to speak into somebody's life, um, particularly if they've given you permission to. Um, Sometimes they may not have, but would you rather, what's that phrase? I'd rather... Uh, step on your pride and ego then step on your grave any day uh, sometimes it's okay you know if the person is going down a road you don't have to be their sponsor to speak up but always remember to be kind when doing so alright our closing song uh, this week is by Jam Alker you can visit his website at jamalker.com it is entitled Junkyard here is Jam
Recovery music of Mr. Jam Alker. You can visit his website and get more of his music at J A M A L K E R dot com. Hey, listen, here's something to think about. Are you merging into other people's lanes without their permission? Are you putting your nose where it is really not meant to be? Or are you holding back and not saying anything at risk of losing a friendship? But if you said something, you may save a life. You got to weigh these things out carefully. Whatever you do, make sure that you understand it's all in the approach if you make an approach. And that approach should always be made in love. Until next time, this is the Monty Man along with the Take 12 Recovery Radio family. And we are wishing God's perfect serenity for you. This has been a broadcast of KHLT Recovery Broadcasting. She's a super cat, super cat, she's super kitty, meow. Yeah, kitty, 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 meow. <laughs> <laughs>